Okay, um, it is my privilege to introduce you to the lovely Hannah, who we are going to hear from this morning. So, Hannah, can you tell us a bit about who you are, where you grew up, um, your upbringing, family, work, and generally your whole life? Yeah. Okay, yeah, just I'll squeeze that all into the next 30 seconds. Um, so I grew up on the south coast of England, predominantly. We moved a little bit. Um, I grew up in a Christian family, so my mum and dad took us to church every week, and I grew up around some really, um, yeah, really inspiring people. I think when Paul was saying about heroes of the faith, I was like, um, I have a lot to choose from, which is a real blessing. I, I think that that can seem like you know, you grew up in a Christian family and so then everything is plain sailing and that is very much not the case. Uh, I think, yeah, there were a lot of challenges in the middle of that and it was definitely a process of kind of reconciling the things that I was taught and the things that I knew to be true because I definitely knew God from a really young age. But reconciling that with some of the other stuff that was going on and, and just... I don't know, um, yeah, the difficulties that life can bring, I guess. So, so yeah, uh, that's kind of briefly my upbringing, I guess. Um, I then moved to, well, <laughs> I went to Sydney for a year, um, went to a Bible college in Sydney, and went back to Dorset, and everybody had left. My parents had moved away, my brother had moved away, my friends had, like, I was like, what am I doing here? So I went up to Yorkshire for two months, West Yorkshire. I had never been there, and I'd never really had a desire to go. Um, went for two months to stay with my sister who was living there, and 17 years later, moved here. <laughs> so in the, in the middle, I met my husband and had two awesome kids. Um, yeah. So how did you meet uh, Musley Mark? Oh, it was love at first sight, you know. I thought that might be an uh, <laughs> um, How did I meet Mark? Well, I mean, that in itself is really a story of God's faithfulness. I, I met Mark two weeks, I think, after he got saved, which was amazing because if I had met him two weeks before he got saved, we would not be here right now, um, 100%. Um, I, I remember being 16 and praying for my husband, uh, which sounds really holy, and I didn't do it on a regular basis, okay? So please don't think that, you know, I was like diligently praying for um, God's man in my life. I wasn't. But I remember praying that God would, whoever he had for me, that God would meet him where he was at, that God would intervene if he needed to intervene, and that he would show himself to whoever this random guy was. And... Of course, I could never have met anyone, so you know, that would have been a different story, but I did. So um, when I moved to Yorkshire, Mark had moved there from the Midlands. He'd moved for work. He went to church for all the wrong reasons, um, namely a girl, not me. <laughs> um, and he went and he just knew the first week, he was like, this, this stuff that they're talking about is real. This God is real. And he made a commitment that week. And the following week, in, they did an altar call at the end of the service, and he went forward. And the following week, he got baptized. And then he met me. <laughs> um, so God really knows what he's doing, and he works 
in all of it. So yeah, we met and I would love to say we met and we fell in love and it was beautiful, um, but that would be a lie. And Jesus says, don't lie. So <laughs> I won't say that, but, but it has been beautiful. It's been messy and it's been, you know, full of ups and downs because that's life. But God has been insanely faithful. Um, and what about work? Oh, sure. Um, well, it, so <laughs> I worked for a charity in England, a Christian charity, um, working with homelessness and food poverty. So I was the volunteer and events coordinator, um, which sounds fancy, but really just involved me chatting to lots of people and getting to go to um, lots of churches and yeah it was good I loved that and then I was working for a different Christian charity working with young women and with life controlling issues so it was a residential program um, that I worked in and I loved it it was amazing um, it was really incredible to see God move in some of some really hard things for people some places where people had gone through a lot of really traumatic stuff and see God move in that and bring freedom in that um, yeah, I was, I was working. I was, like, supposed to be helping. But I think, really, it just showed me so much about who God is. At the moment, sorry, yes, we are actually in the process of applying to be foster carers. So I have not applied for any kind of permanent position here because, hopefully, September, um, we, it doesn't work. <laughs> hopefully, um, <laughs> we're praying <laughs> that, uh, that that will, yeah. That will happen so well um, so you shared with me that from a very early age uh, you knew that you would find joy in God's presence share a bit about that yeah there was a book that I read when I was a little girl um, by an author it was a Christian author who, who I think her name is Patricia St. John but I've heard other people pronounce it differently so that could be wrong but in one of her books um, there is a passage from Psalm 16 that says, um, well, I can't remember the first bit because I'm nervous, but then it says, <laughs> um, in, in your presence I will find fullness of joy. And that really connected with me, and I knew that that, that was where I would find joy. Not happiness, not like a nice life, but that regardless of what was going on outside, that if I spent time in God's presence, if I if I really just was with him, that I would find joy there. Um, and I think that that is something that has carried me through so many, so many challenges in life. Actually, the, the, the kind of temptation, I think, when things are difficult is to focus on the stuff that's difficult instead of focusing on who God is. And, and that's really understandable, and it's something that we all do. Um, but actually what I've learned is that when, instead of focusing on the hard stuff, in that moment, if I focus on who God is, if I give him glory, if I worship him, even though I don't feel like worshiping him, and I have worshiped God through gritted teeth, I will tell you, um, but actually then, then God brings that joy that is, yeah, not, definitely not natural joy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Paul read some of Psalm 139, which yeah. you have said is your favorite Psalm, <laughs> your favorite scripture. Um, can you share your journey with that Psalm? And you talked to me about being very black and white in your decision in believing that God 
with God yeah. um, and that being part of Psalm 139. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm fairly sure you could do like a whole sermon series on Psalm 139. There is a lot in there um, and we have not got any time for that. But uh, it has... It has met me in my life in so many different ways and in so many different times. And it has been the truth that I have needed to hear. And I grew up, I mean, I grew up in a family that was Christian in terms of my close family. But my extended family had atheists and, you know, people interested in Buddhism and all sorts of stuff. Um, and, and when you grow up in church, there comes a point where you say, well, there comes a point where I said, um, was I just like brainwashed? Is this, is this really real? Or is it just like a nice story that I was told? And we went to church every week, so I think it's true because that's just what life looked like. And I remember coming to a point where I really wrestled with God and, and in the end came to a place where I was like, no, I believe that this is real. I believe that the Bible is real, that who God says he is is who he actually is. And, and so then I was, I am really black and white. So I'm like, right, if I believe this, then I believe the Bible. Like it has to be that I'm, I'm very all or nothing. So I was like, I can't pick and choose the bits that I like. And, and even though I grew up knowing that God loved me, I also grew up full of insecurity and full of, um, I don't know, like, I knew what God said about me, and I knew that it was true for you, and I knew that it was true for everybody else. Like, God says that you are all wonderful, <laughs> um, and God says that you are all made in his image, but I didn't really believe that it was true for me. Not in my heart. Like, I knew it in my head, but not in my heart. And that impacted the whole way that I did life. And when I came to this place where I was like, right, if I believe the Bible, then I believe the Bible. Like, I have to believe that then God is good. So regardless of my circumstances, God is good. And regardless of my circumstances, God is strong and he is able. And I read Psalm 139 and it also said that he knit me together in my mother's womb. And it also said that he created me wonderfully. Um, you know, it says, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And I did not know that full well. And so I was just like, right, okay, I need to bring my life in line with what God is saying. Because... This is, this is the truth of what God says. God says that he has a perfect plan for my life. God says that he, he created me just the way he wanted me to be. And not like, well, he created me just the way he wanted me to be. But, you know, sometimes you're a little bit extra. Um, <laughs> sometimes you maybe need to dial it back a little bit. You know, Josh, I've seen you with your brightly colored shoes sometimes. Um, <laughs> and, and it's really easy to, especially in like the, the kind of, environment and the culture that I grew up in to feel like I had to fit into this box that I did not fit in um, to feel like I needed to you know wear pretty dresses and socks with sandals and all of that kind of stuff <laughs> um, and be you know gentle and quiet and don't really say too much and actually that's not how God made me um, and when I read Psalm 139 I was like wow he didn't actually make a mistake like the way he made me is the way he wanted me to be. And yes, I need to use those things to glorify him. Like, you know, I'm not just saying, just go for, you know, do whatever. Um, but, 
but he chose me and he loves me just the way I am and he's not asking me to be something that I'm not. He's asking me to be his kid and he's asking me to be who he made me because he made me with purpose. And, and that has, I mean, there's so many other things in that psalm that, you know, I mean, even just the fact that he, he has a plan. Like, we moved to Northern Ireland in the middle of a pandemic. You know, I'm so glad God has a plan, right? Because <laughs> that could have not gone well, but it's been amazing because we followed God's footsteps. Um, oh, yeah, there's so much to say about that, but I'll... And that's stuff that we all need to hear continually, isn't it? Being reaffirmed in our identity as to who we are and whose we belong to yeah. and being free in that. Um, I don't think we can ever hear that enough. Um, your journey um, with God has not always been a bed of roses. You shared with me a few um, parts of your journey mm. where you believe that both the highs, we can talk about the highs and the lows, mm. but as you said to me, they're both together. In, in the process, so can you share one or two of those journeys? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, people, you know, I was asked this question, like, can you share a high and can you share a low? And I was like, yeah, I can, but but sometimes those those lows are the places where God really meets you, and that actually becomes something really incredible. So um, we... <laughs> We've had our fair share of difficult things, I guess. Um, and like everybody has, you know, we lose people and like people lose jobs and difficult things happen. Um, I guess like a couple of things. So after we had Levi, um, who's our eldest, uh, we actually lost a baby, um, which at the time was just devastating. Um, and And it was, you know, it was really early on and so people say, you know, all these things that they're trying to be really helpful. Um, and it was so not helpful. <laughs> um, not at the time. Because I just kept thinking, yeah, but God is able. Like, God is a healer. It didn't have to be this way. Um, and, and in that, I think I could easily have said, God, where were you? Like, where were you? Why did you not fix this situation? Why did you not, um, why did you not give us the outcome that we wanted? Because I know you could have done and, and actually, well, I guess we definitely would have had like a moment where we were like, where we felt like that. But before, before I miscarried, um, God had actually spoken to Mark and given him a name for the baby. And the name was a name that neither of us had heard before. And Mark is not like, um, he's not an angels dancing on the duvet kind of guy. He doesn't, you know, he's, he's very straight down the line about things. And, um, and so when he says to me, God spoke to me, I, I believe that God spoke to him. And the name that God gave Mark is actually Hawaiian and it means child of heaven. And so when all of that kind of happened and when we were kind of coming out the other side of it, to be able to say God knew and he gave us something to hold on to, like he gave us this thing to hold on to in the middle of that. And his faithfulness in that was so incredible. And Mark was incredible in that. You know, he was such a solid, wonderful man. And I think that that was a horrible thing. And I could have held on to this really horrible thing and this really painful thing. And I could have allowed that pain and that hardship to 
become part of who I am. It could have become part of my identity. And there could have been this thing in me that said, yeah, God is good, but. God is good, but he didn't, he wasn't good then. But actually I was able to, to say God is good. God is good all the time. In the middle of this horrible situation, God is good. God is faithful. God loves us. He is full of compassion and kindness. And so actually, I look back on that not as this awful, horrible time. I look back on that as, yeah, there was this really sad thing that happened, but God was so faithful. And, and now I know his faithfulness in a, such a deep way and in such a real way. And no matter what happens in our lives now, I know that God is good. I know that God is faithful. I know that he holds me. And, and so I take that as a low and as a high. And there's been other, you know, there's been other things the same, like, well, we've gone through struggles in our marriage. And, and I could have just gone, oh, no, do you know what? I did not sign up for this. <laughs> this, this is not what this was supposed to look like. Um, and I remember having a conversation with God and saying, okay, God, like if this is what it looks like forever, am, am I to stand by this guy who's behaving like a tool? <laughs> He's a wonderful man. Um, <laughs> and, and to be able to kind of say, okay, in this, God is enough for me. In this time, you know, I know that God is enough. And, and then again, like, he just proved his faithfulness so incredibly and, and has continued to prove his faithfulness so incredibly. And now I look back on that time and I'm like, man, I am so thankful for God's faithfulness in that because I have this wonderful, incredible, wise, strong man by my side. And, and for a moment it looked like maybe that wouldn't have been the case. But, but God is, yeah. And, and to come to that place of, actually, he is, he is what I need. God is what I need. And I'll cling on to him. And if I'm clinging by the skin of my teeth, <laughs> I will cling on to him. And, um, and that's what I've tried to do. And it isn't pretty, you know. Like, I wish I could sit here and be like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Like, I've just loved God so faithfully. <laughs> and actually, I have been like, God, what on earth are you doing? But he's all right with that. Like, he's okay if I get cross, and he's okay if I am unsure, as long as I just keep holding on. Um, I love that. Um, and in the midst of uh, life, you had a massive change <laughs> came, as you've alluded to, during uh, COVID to move to Northern Ireland. Yeah. And I'm sure Aidan and, and Levi were like, what the flip? Um, <laughs> tell us about that journey. Okay. Um, yeah. So we moved to Northern Ireland during a lockdown, kind of, kind of a lockdown. Because um, why not? No, we, neither of us were from Yorkshire. Neither of us um, had grown up there. And we had known for a while that God was probably going to take us away from there. Um, however... I really didn't like living there, and I, the kids will tell you, I was not shy about the fact that I did not like living there. And I, um, <laughs> and I think that in that, God had a lesson for me to learn, um, and I wonder if I'd learned the lesson quicker if we would have been here a few years ago, <laughs> um, but I didn't. I'm a slow learner. Um, so I, 
I came to a place in the end, I came to a place where I said, okay, God, if this is where you have me forever, I might not like it. It might not be my first choice, but if this is where you have me, then I trust you and I will put my roots down and I will make it my home and, you know. And then, lo and behold, within a year, God said, okay, guys, you're released. Off you go. You can go now. And we had heard about Northern Ireland through work stuff. We knew some people that lived here. Um, and honestly, it just seemed like, like you all, well, not all of you, Paul obviously didn't, but a lot of you grew up here. And I think you can take for granted what this beautiful country has to offer. And we knew that it would offer us a good place to bring up our kids and a good place to build family. And um, so we just said, okay, God, we'll push some doors and we trust that you will open them or you will close them, at, you know, according to what you have for us. And they just flung wide open. So we stepped through them and, um, and landed in Balnehinch. <laughs> so when you say two things you said, you were released, how did you know you were released? What did that look like? Um, that's a really good question. I guess it looked like... <laughs> probably looked like Mark agreeing with me a little bit. Like <laughs> He... <clears throat> Yeah, I'm like, I'm big picture and Mark is, what are the steps that we need to take? I'm like, I don't know what the steps are. I know where we need to go, that's it. Um, so yeah, God definitely put the right two people together. So Mark, every step where I have said, can we go? Can we, can, please, can we go? Like, I don't want to be here. And he's like, I know you don't, but it's not time. And then he was like, okay, yeah, no, that's brilliant. Northern Ireland, wonderful. What a great idea. Um, so that was part of it, I guess. And just, I think just we said to God, we'll push some doors. And he so clearly opened those doors. Like, it, you couldn't have made it up. Like, you really couldn't have made it up. Um, yeah. I love that as well, because it gives us hope, doesn't it, whenever we're looking for direction and purpose <laughs> and um, trusting that God will show us where to go. It might just take a while. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're not very good at waiting. I'm learning that one. Um, so you uprooted, you mm -hmm. landed in Balnehinch, yep. and you shared some stuff about Balnehinch with me, which actually made me smile because I'm like, oh my goodness, is this our time? So share a bit about your spiritual senses around Balnehinch. Okay. Um, I'll do this quick before Paul does this. <laughs> um, so we have been asked, I, like I actually can't count the amount of times that we have been asked, Balnehinch? Why Balnehinch? Like, of all the places in Northern Ireland, why have you moved here? And I invite you guys to look out of your windows. <laughs> look out of your front door. I can sit on my bed and I can look at the morns. I can be at the beach in 25 minutes. I can be in a beautiful city in half an hour. I can be in the forest in 15 minutes. Um, there are some of the, like, not to, you know, boost you guys up too much, but there are some of the best youth work in this in this town and I've been in youth work right like I've worked in some really big youth work projects um, this is some of the best youth work in this town that I have seen and I'm not just saying that like it's amazing um, and there is a really sadly I think the church can be known for division like, I think that's a really sad truth. And we have seen churches 
so divided and and groups of people so divided and we've come here and we like we went we came and had a look around this school and they're like oh yeah and so you sometimes they might go and do some stuff at assumption and sometimes they might go and do some stuff at the high school and then we're like what like you all do stuff together that's amazing um like it's not normal <laughs> um and even like coming to church and the the way the churches work together in this town um and I know that that hasn't always been the case. Um, but we are, we're coming as outsiders and just to this bit. Like, we haven't been here through all this history, right? So we're just coming to this bit. And, and it's amazing how the churches come together and pray together and put on events together and look after the young people together. That's, that's a really, really amazing thing. And we are very aware that there has been some serious prayer has gone into this from people here in this room I won't get I just caught somebody's eye and I won't get emotional but I know I will get emotional because I'm awful um, <laughs> um I know that there has been some serious prayer and some serious sacrifice that people have made and and actually we are getting to reap the benefits of that like we're getting to come to this town not having been through the hard stuff that some of you guys have been through and and I would just really encourage you, like you, some of you guys have put in some really hard yards. Like you have, you have gone to God again and again and again for this town and for the churches of this town and for the young people of this town. And, and God has heard you. Like he has. And, and we are so blessed to be here. This town is awesome. Um, and and I would really encourage you to, to remember where you are now and not live where you were five years ago, ten years ago, um, but actually operate out of where you are now because, because God has done some amazing things. And we are so thankful, like as a family, we are so thankful for the prayers that you guys have prayed and for the sacrifices that you guys have made. Um, yeah. How good is that? How encouraging is that? Because so often we do, we just think of it as challenge, you know. But yet to have somebody like yourself, Hannah, to step in and to affirm and encourage the groundwork, the many years that seeds have been sown, both through the edge and many other things, and the prayer guys who pray every Wednesday faithfully, um, which is so encouraging. So thank you. And have you any last thoughts that you would like to share? Don't worry about Paul. Really I, keep, I keep looking you at Paul. Long, I keep looking at Paul. Um, yeah. So, two things. The first thing actually just came to me. and it, um, So, when you build a house, you build foundations, right? And if you don't build foundations... The house is rubbish. <laughs> this is technical terminology here. Um, and as far as I'm aware, the taller the building, the deeper the foundations. And you need to build deep foundations. And sometimes, you know, you don't just dig down. You're putting in, like, steels and all sorts um, to make this building really firm and really strong and to be able to withstand the elements. And, and I think that, that that's what people have done here in this town um, I think people have, have dug foundations and, and have dug deep foundations. And I think it's really amazing then to see, okay, well, what is, 
what is God building on those foundations? Because God is building something. God is building something in this town. He's building something in this body of believers, but he's building something in the wider community of believers in this town. And, and those foundations are, are there to withstand storms, and storms come. Um, you know, I've, <laughs> you want to hear some storms? Come and chat with me, and I will share with you some storms, because we have had our fair share. But, but storms come, but the foundations have been dug deep, and that is incredible. And the other thing was this morning, um, I just, this song just kept going round and round in my head. And the, it's a very old, it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, and it says, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at his feet I bow, worldly pleasures all forsaken, Take me, Jesus, take me now. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me, Savior, holy thine. Let me feel the Holy Spirit. Truly know that thou art mine. And um, I would just, I like it, I don't know, encourage us, challenge us, I guess. Um, are we really surrendered to God? Like, have we, are we surrendering every part of our lives? Are we surrendering? Are we surrendering maybe hurts that we hold on to? Um, are we surrendering our families? Are we surrendering our jobs? Um, are we surrendering our opinions about Balna Hinge? <laughs> um, are we prepared to really surrender? Because do you know when we surrender, God steps in, and we are so good at like putting on things. You know, like we're good at. Um, putting on programs, and, you know, we know how to, to do stuff to make things work. But are we prepared to say to God, okay, God, I'm, I surrender. Like, I surrender all to you. I surrender my preconceived ideas and what I think this should look like. And, and when we do that, he steps in and he builds through us by his grace. And, and we see incredible things happen. Like, we, we see really, like, the kind of things that you couldn't make up. We see those things happen because we surrender all of our stuff to him. And that can look kind of messy. Surrendering can, can feel a little bit awkward, especially on a Sunday when there's other people around because we've got to put our Sunday face on, you know. Um, but, like, I really, I really encourage everyone here, like, take off your Sunday face. Um, come, and, come and realize that we have got this incredible opportunity to come here as a corporate body of believers. And we can do it in our own home, right? But we can do it here together. And it's so powerful. And we are given this opportunity to step into the throne room of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and allow him to be king in our circumstances, in our lives. And and just lay down all our own stuff, <laughs> I guess. And then watch what he does, hey? So good. Thank you.